0: Hey Michael. good to see you guys in church this morning, amen we're well good to have you here in a, in, if you're a little bit cool bear with us because I'm going to tell you it's going to warm up in here. it's going to warm up in here, so just we've got the heat going but we got it down a little bit, it is great to see all of you here, amen this morning on this eve before, we're going to have a great time together, we want you to come 530 in the dining hall, we'll be gathered together. No, Pastor, taking mentioned mention that. Please come. Please bring something. If you've signed up for that, and I don't know all the ins and outs, if you call me or text me and say, Hey, Pastor, what was I supposed to bring? I'm not going to know. Amen. Go get some, chi- some chicken and bring it or something. I don't know, but come. We want you to come and be a part of that. You know, the last couple of weeks, actually in the last month, the Lord's really been dealing with me. About something normally I'm in a, a lot of times in a series and I really have not done that I've just really been praying that the Lord would help me through some messages And he just I just feel like he's putting some things in my heart that I needed to share with you And about four weeks ago the Lord really did some great things We didn't even preach in the service and and then it's just seemed like time after time since that The Lord's really been just really ministering And I pray that today that the Lord does the same thing in your heart Not not the same service but that the Lord ministers to you and last week I told you there were 56 days left in this year. And this week I'm going to tell you there's 45 days left in this year. The reason that I keep mentioning that you say, Pastor, we're still 45 days out. We haven't even got through Thanksgiving. We haven't gotten through Christmas. And you talk as if that there's a new year. Can I tell you it's coming quicker than most of us are ready for it? And I know that in this year there's a lot of things that have happened. There's been a lot of good that God has. Has done in my life. And I want you to know that as they sang that song, I am forever thankful for what God has been doing and the plan of God that has been going on in my life. And and I'm wanting to be more thoughtful of what God is saying to me. And I want you to be more thoughtful of what God is speaking to you so that you're able to move in faith. So that you're able to move in faith. And when you move in faith, I believe that God will supernaturally do something for you in 2020 like you've never seen before. I shared with you last week that and January 6th it passed, uh, that uh, Elisha was here with us, St. James. And he prophetically spoke over the church several things. And one of them was that this would be a year of miracles. This would be a year of miracles. That's what he said. And I remember that service, remember that date, because there's a lot of things that stick in my mind about it. So as I was going through the scriptures and I was reading and asking the Lord, Lord, what is the direction that you want me to go? And I really believe that the Lord is trying to get us, us as a group, us as a church, to begin to walk more in faith than what we've been walking in. To believe that God is able, that if I give to Him the first of what I have, if I offer that to Him, we... We talked last week on Peter and the boats and the two empty boats. Some of y'all remember that. They were washing their nets. They were preparing for what was coming, not what they had, but what they believed was coming because all of us know that at the end of that story or at the beginning of that story, they had nothing. They had nothing at all. They were professional fishermen, but they had nothing at all. This is preaching in reverse. They had nothing at all. They were washing their nets, which did not just signify that they were quitting, but that they were managing well what God had given them. And what I want to tell you is, with 45 days that are left in this year, that God is asking us, He is saying, if you will step out in faith and you will manage well what I have given to you, if you will speak life, if you will believe by faith, I will do things in your life supernaturally that you never thought was possible. I will do things for you that you never never thought possible so the title of this message is unstoppable there's been albums written by it songs written by it movies written by it and you find that out when you start saying this is very catchy title I could say unstoppable and that'll be really cool title and you start looking to see what's and then you find all this other stuff the title of this message is unstoppable The reason that the title of this message is Unstoppable is because I really believe that this walk of faith has to do with us walking it out, but also speaking it out, saying it by faith, believing that what we're saying. You see, James tells us that there is the power of life and death in our tongue, that when we speak life, there is life. Come on, somebody. But when we speak death... Death can also come. There's the power of blessing and curse, but we need to be able to to speak into uh, the new that is to come and say, you know what, God, I'm believing that in 2020 it's going to be so great in my family, in my life, that I am going to be unstoppable, that nothing is going to stop me from doing what you want me to do. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the football games this weekend. Uh, because of the schedule that I was keeping uh, the weekend. But I know that if you've ever watched a game, and some of you have, you've seen games where you watch the team and you watch the team score and you see them scoring and it gets way ahead. And in your mind, you believe and you say in your mind, you know what, they are unstoppable. As a matter of fact, when I got home, my wife was watching a game. She was watching Ohio, I mean uh, Oklahoma and Baylor. And we were kind of, you know, whatever team you were pulling for, we didn't really have a monkey in the scrap, but we were kind of pulling for Baylor because Baylor was kind of the underdog of the thing, even though they were doing really good. and So we were watching them, and I was getting sleepy, and the score was really high, and I thought in my mind, I'm just going to go on to bed because Baylor got this. Baylor got this. Baylor got this. Can I tell you something? A lot of us started out in 2019, believing in our heart. You know what? We got this. We got this. We got this. And then we get to the second half. Then we get to the fourth quarter and something happens and something changes and things start to happen in our life and stuff starts to turn around and for some reason we stop believing that the same God that brought us out of 18 and brought us into 19 is, is the same God and we start believing that something is wrong and stuff starts happening and the thing turns around and you wake up the next morning only to hear your wife say, do you believe that Baylor lost that game? I come by to say to you today and to declare to you today and to give you an example that I'm in, I've am in. i been reading the Word of God and I really believe because we're fixing to go to Romans 8 and I'm just going to preach the fool out of Romans 8. I used it in the middle of a message here not too long ago, but I got back to it and there's one verse that's really stood out to me that I really can't get away from. And Here's what I really feel like the Lord is saying to us about the rest of this year and the year that is coming, that if God's going to do a miracle in your life, He's not going to do it without you. He's not going to do it without you. If God's going to do what He said He was going to do, it's going to take you believing by faith that He's big enough to do what He said He could do. That's what I'm telling you. So turn with me to Romans 8 and 28, and let me just read about three verses and just preach the crazy out of it. Is that all right? Pastor, you got some terminologies for stuff. Well, that's all I know to tell you. Romans eight and twenty-eight. If you can't shout in this message, then your shout must—you would—may be wet, as one fellow said, it may be saturated. Because this message is all about encouraging us in our faith, and I believe that somebody in this place, many of us, at the end of this year, need our faith encouraged. And we know that all things—and man, I got to all things. I was like, okay, all things, all things work together for good. Somebody say, for good. They work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, he also justified. That's you, that's me. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And then I got to this verse 31 and got stuck right here. I got to get it to you before I can get it through you. He's talking about in the beginning, Paul is all things it doesn't say that all things are good. A lot of people read it and they get it that way. They even quote it back that all things are good. But the truth of it is, if you're living life, not everything in, good, in life is good. The only thing in life that we really know is really good is what the Word says, and that's God. But we look at things through value, the eyes of value. And when things go bad, we think that somehow or another maybe God's failing us. We're failing God, but it's just not good. So then I got to this verse because it was like the Holy Spirit said, you know what, it is not what happens to you that is your power. Listen to this. Paul's asking a rhetorical question to himself. He's already listed out, we didn't go through that this morning, all the stuff that's happened to him. And look at this. What then shall we say to These things. You know what Paul just said? Paul said, what will be your response to the things, to the stuff, to the situation, to the junk, to the mess? Some of y'all act religious. That has happened in your life in 2019. If God is for us, then who can be against us? Question mark. He's asking a rhetorical question in all of this. And here's the thing that I want to share with you in the first part of this. Is that the power of this verse is not in the things that has happened to you. Or what you may have lost this year or the year before. But Paul is calling for you and he's calling for me to check our response to the things That has happened. Point number one, the power is in my response. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, most of us this past year have had things in our life that have hindered us, that have bogged us down, that have taken our attention away from God. They've, it's taken our attention away from Being regular in church Come on somebody It's taken our attention away from The things that we should do Like read our Bible And pray regularly And we just think somehow or another That because this stuff has happened That God is giving us a pass On everything that has happened to our, in our life Because he understands That it was the things that hindered us You know the money problems that hinder us The health issues that, that hinder us The family troubles that we got going on Our kids that act like hellions and will not act right or your business that just hasn't produced like you thought they would and Paul's saying in verse 28 and he's teaching us that God can take all these things everything, all the the ingredients that happened in 2019 and cause them to work together, somebody say together that he can cause them to work together for the good, you see most people miss the all things work together which means that some some things in my life that happen are not going to be good. They're not going to be the best. But my response to what has happened in my life will be determined or will determine is determined by the value of the thing that happened. Now hang with me. What do you mean? Life is filled with losses. Some of you have lost people, some of you have lost money, some of you have lost. You may have lost your wallet. A loss of a wallet is very significant. A loss of your purse, it's very significant. A loss of your personal belongings is very significant. A loss of a house is very significant. But if you lose a loved one, that is much more or seems much more significant. Why? Because the value increases. Are you with me? But you gotta stay with me. Don't, don't, don't get sidetracked by the rabbit because I'm gonna bring this back around. Paul doesn't say. That the value of the things, all things that happen to you, that all of it's going to be good. He doesn't even say that when you lose your wallet or you lose a loved one, that you're to check yourself by the value of what you've lost. He said what you need to check is the response of whether the value was low or the value was high. Are you with me? In Romans saying, he said, no matter what the things are. Somebody say things. Because that's what it represents that you've lost in your life. Check the response, amen, before you check to the all things. In other words, what it is. How how many have read or had things this year that have happened to you emotionally, on your family, in your job, and you feel like for a moment that it's kind of stalled you in a little bit of a space of time in this year? You don't have to lift your hand. It's all right, you can be in private here. We want you to be able to do that if you want to. But I'm just going to be open with you this morning because Paul is teaching about himself. If you read this scripture and you understand, I, I dare you to do a little bit more digging on Some of you guys, you call to preach, you believe God's got a call on your life to teach or preach. I dare you to dig a little bit more on this. Do, do a little bit of digging and you'll find out that Paul is writing this, but he's writing about his life. He's talking about the things that have happened to him. And when he asks the rhetorical question about what are we going to say, what is our response to these things, he's actually asking himself, am I going to allow myself to be unstoppable? And if I'm going to be unstoppable and nothing can stop me, then I've got to check my response to the things that have happened to me. It may not be meaningful to you, but my story is kind of like this. To me and my family, when things happen, it's it's important. Now, everybody understanding what I'm about to tell you is not a slam to anybody or any, any person here that's been through anything. Most of the time, other than a few things that I've had happen, I won't post it on Facebook. I won't share it on social media. Sure, you know about the loss of two dogs this year in three months, which were like family to us one fifteen years old, one thirteen years old. I mean when they sleep with you, they're like family. You know what I'm saying? You can't. And if you don't understand that, it's okay. We I get it. You're not a family you're not a dog person or a cat person or a pet person inside. I get it. But I had stuff in my life that have happened in 2019 that I really did not know where it was coming from or why it was coming. But I'm here standing before you not to confess something to you that's going to make you go <gasps> But I want you to know that I cannot cannot genuinely lead you and be fake. That I have to be open before you. I'd say the word naked, but somebody would take it wrong. But really, if I say the word just bear it all before you. You get the idea of what I'm talking about. You just get to the point where you're like, God, I can't really tell my people to pretend like, I I can't tell them to do and to act one way and and have a response when I act like nothing's happened to me. Are you with me? I, I, I got to, I got you, I got to get you to understand that there's a few things that I went through this year. Some things that I, was dealing with in early, uh, the early part of this year, even the later part of January, uh, of December 2018, things that happened in 18, listen to this, that began to compress into the latter part of 18 that rolled into 19. And I, I just want to say to somebody to help liberate you and to help for you to deal with it, if you don't deal with it in this year, it'll roll into next year. That there is not something that magically happens when the Clock strikes 12, and 2020 rolls around. You blow party uh, streamers and hats and all this other stuff, and you can make all the resolutions you want to, but until you check your response to what happens and how you dealt with it and what God is wanting to try to do in your life, it can roll into, you say it was just a bad relationship with Bill. Well, I can tell you it was a bad relationship with Bill in 2018. It can be just a bad relationship with Bob in 2019. I'm sorry, Brother Bob. They just kind of went together there. I didn't mean that. If you're Bill here, I'm sorry too. Started having some health issues. I started having some stuff that was going on with me personally that I began to question myself six months, seven months from turning 50 years old. God, can I continue? Can I keep doing this? God, I'm... Trying my best to do. I can't, I'm not a lazy person. My wife will tell you that if there's one thing, she'll tell me, there's one thing nobody can call you that's lazy because you work yourself daylight to dark, can to can't. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm, I'm that kind of a person. But stuff began to happen in my health, that I began to question all the things about where I was, who I was, and whether I could continue, and almost hit a streak in my life where I was—I hit a a lethargic place, a complacent place that I said, you know what, I I just don't know anymore. I can't figure this out. I I called friends I knew that were pastors. I called guys I knew that had counseling degrees, and I talked with them. Pastor, you would go through counseling? Yeah, I've never got out of counseling. Some of us need to stay in it because I know that I I need to keep myself in check. And what I realized was the things, everybody say things, that had happened to me that I was trying to fix on my own, trying to figure out on my own, trying to deal with on my own. I realized, listen to this, that it was not in my job description to be in charge of those things, that it was God's department. What what is my response to these things? What am I going to say to the stuff that has happened to me? Well, I, I got to read the rest of the verse, verse. that says, "If God is on my side, if He's on my team, if He is for me, then I'm going to ask you, who can be against me?" Come on, somebody! It doesn't mean that the stuff won't come. It's gonna. It is saying though, I've got to understand that if God's on my side, then I've got to decide how I'm going to respond. Can I just sit here in the lazy boy, flip through the channels? Can I just keep scrolling on Facebook? Can I keep doing what I've always been doing? If things are not going like I think and things are happening to me that I do not understand, what do I need to do? And so my wife and I decided that what we would do in late uh, 2018, I'm trying to get all my, my dates right, 2018, that before the 21 days of prayer, in January that we would go ahead and commit to praying and fasting in that year to bring in to what was coming into the new year now can I tell you it's it wasn't an immediate antidote for what was going on in our life but I'm going to tell you this the thing that I believe that helped one of the things that very much so helped carry me through helped carry her through things that you don't know things that you haven't been told oh yeah there are leaders in here that know would tell you and some of it they would just tell you it's none of your business you don't need to know But it wasn't immoral It wasn't out of character It was just the fact that I was dealing with things That I was trying to figure out And sort through And could I make it And if I couldn't make it What was I going to do next How was I going to figure these things out And God began to show me That through 21 days of prayer and fasting That what we started then He didn't want me to just stop after day 21 He wanted me to keep getting up And continue to pray for my wife To cut out to give it a certain time that I would meet with him and and he would meet with us and we would keep praying for you. We would keep praying for ourselves, our families, our leaders. We would keep doing that and we have committed to doing that and there are not many days that we've missed in doing that and why are you saying this pastor? Because I believe that when these things come against us, when they start coming against us, we need to go to the word. We need to start praying. We need to begin to speak what God has already already spoken over us it's already been said it's already been there we need to go to Psalms 34 and 1 that says my response is this I will bless the Lord because we want to stop right away I just bless the Lord while I'm in church on Sunday morning God will be good with that I just bless the Lord when everything's good in my life but he doesn't say that he said I will bless the Lord at all times somebody ought to say all times at all times oh listen his praise won't you just be in my mouth on Sunday morning, but his mouth will uh, praise will be in my mouth continually. I will praise him, it will be in my mouth. Our first response to the things that happen to us should be thanking God for the things that didn't happen. We're telling God all the stuff, Brother Michael, that did happen. You know, what did happen to us, the things that's going on in our life. And God is looking at us and he's saying, Son, did you know that I kept that automobile from running you flat over and taking your life? Do you know that the disease that they said could have been in your life is not there because I'm the one who stepped in because you believe by faith? Why don't you start thinking me for what did not happen in your life? The things that could have, but they did not You see, the power is in my response. The stuff that God didn't allow to come my way. The stuff that God did not allow. God is more concerned about my response than the things that happen. Be careful because 2019 is going to end quickly. And I need you to get this. The lessons that you do not learn this year will repeat themselves in the next year. The lessons you don't get. Financially, the lessons you don't get spiritually, the lessons you don't get relationally, the lessons you don't get, listen to me, the things you don't get in 2019, you will repeat them in 2020. It's called a school of faith. And when you go through God's school of faith, you're going through a program that he says, if you'll believe me and trust me that no matter what the things are, I can take you through. I can make, listen, I didn't bring you this far to drop you on your head. I didn't bring you this far to leave you right where you are. I brought you this far to bring you through because I've got a plan for you. You just got to believe by faith that my arm is not shortened, that I can't touch you. Oh, that my that my, my financial institution, Hasn't run out. I still, I still created the world and all the heavens, owned the cattle on a thousand hills, and will take care of you when you have need in your life. But can you believe when everything doesn't look good and the things look bad? Psalms one hundred three one through five been one of my favorite verses this verses of scripture this year. It says, "Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy." Bless the Lord, oh my soul, it doesn't stop there, David said, and forget not all his benefits, what benefits? Number one, that he forgives all your iniquities, everything that's going on, every sin that's in your life, all the stuff that you've been dealing with, and then it says, who heals all your diseases. Then he says, who redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Pastor, I've done so much. I just don't know if God's really concerned about me. I love where the word of God says his mercies are new every morning. You know what he's telling me? He's telling me and you. He's recreating mercy every day. David said that his mercy and his love followed him all the days of his life. Can I tell you? God has not stopped chasing after you. His love has not stopped chasing after you no matter where you've been what you've done, and what things have come into your life. Then verse 5 says, who satisfies your mouth, look at this, with good things. So that your youth, your strength is renewed like the eagles. You see, when your mind, will, and emotions, your soul gets involved, your feelings will try to control your response. Your mind will tell you that what you need to do is figure this out on your own. Your emotions will tell you, you need to try to control this. And your response doesn't align with what God's Word is trying to say. Today, no matter what the things look like in life, God is always, if you believe this verse, working on your behalf. It's like this. Y'all help me preach. I'll get done here. God is taking everything in our life, good, the bad, the indifferent, and he's working it out, look at this, for something better. The verse teaches us that all things work together for the good. Okay, I I, got to help y'all understand it. Everybody looking this way, listen to what the pastor's going to say right here. Anybody ever eat the best gumbo you ever had in your life? I have. I mean, if you like gumbo, gumbo is of God. And if you're from Louisiana, it will definitely be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise Jesus. And it won't be some guy from up north that made it. It'll be a dude from down in New Orleans who put it together. Or your mama that knew how. And there are certain things that my wife will tell you, because she is a gumbo connoisseur, that you don't make gumbo with certain types of roux. They don't look a certain way. And if they come out a different color, that's not real gumbo. Now, her and I agree on something. This is just us personally. That gumbo is one of those things that can either be good or bad. And if it's good, it's really good. And if it's bad, it's bad. And the other thing that we agree on is for both of us, for us, this is just us, it's up to you, that we, you could leave out okra for us, and that would be okay. That's just me. Now, Jeremy wants okra in his. Renee wants okra in hers, and other of you want okra in yours, and you're good with that. But there's certain things like sausage that's got to be in there, you know, the the right kind of sausage, and I love some shrimp, and if you're doing chicken gumbo, that's good. There's a lot of good things, but here's the point of all of this. I'm going to touch a little bit where Pastor Tegan went this morning. He talked about cakes, or he talked about whatever he was talking about, so I'm going to talk about what I'm talking about right now. When you take gumbo, and you start throwing a bunch of stuff in the pot, even some okra that I don't really care about, it's not going to stop me from eating it when the product is finished because when it's all said and done and that stuff is cooked up like it's supposed to be cooked up even with the okra in it I'd eat it off of dirty flip flop. come on somebody am I preaching anywhere everybody understands where I'm at I mean that's just the way that it is that's the way life is I know Michael's sitting there and Sammy's going dear Jesus he didn't just say off a dirty flip flop." You'll have to talk to them about that. I, I just got it. It's good. That's the point. The results that you get at the end is the best thing you can eat. It's good. All right, number two. The priority in your response or the power of your response, the powers in your response, number two, the priority is to remember, look at this, that God is for you. A lot of times we forget that, but... Verse uh, 3, the last part of it, says God is for us. And then there's this word, and I didn't even have Angela highlight it because I'm thinking about God being for us. But there's another word that really stands out to me in this verse that I've read it over and over and over again that really, really stands out, and that's this word, who. Because it's asking the rhetorical question, if God is on my side... If he's on my team, if he is for me, then who, are you with me? Who is the person, who is the thing, what is it that is against me? And I know that if I'm going to live my life unstoppable in the rest of this year and in new in the new year, I'm going to need some help. I know that I'm not going to be able to depend, Pastor Tagan, on myself To do list I'm not even going to be able to put up for myself A vision board on Pinterest And do everything that I need to do Because I will start depending on I have got to constantly consider Who's on my side Who is it that's for me If God is for you Who can stop the plan of God over your life You may need to pencil that down. If God is on your side, if He's on your team, then who can stop the plan of God over your life? There were many times and there are still many times that God has given me ideas in this church, vision for RC, that many times I gave God my excuses why things just couldn't work out. God, we we need more money. God, we need more members. We need more people. We need a bigger parking spot. Lord, we need a live band. There's just a lot of things that are just against us. And when I say that, I'm telling you from my personal, I'm here bearing it before you. Are you with me? Pastor, I thought you had faith to move mountains. Sometimes my faith gets weak. Sometimes I'm just as human. No, let me back up. I'm just as human as you are seven days a week. For those of you that wonder, I still put my pants on one leg at a time, and there are times that I struggle to get my underwear on one foot without falling on the ground as somebody posted about because I'm getting older. Anybody understand? I'm just being honest with you. It's just truth. So what are you saying to me, Pastor? I'm saying this. I will give God all these excuses, but what I've started to realize is if God has designed a purpose for your life and for my life, the big question is who can stop the plan of God over your life? That's the big question. Who is allowing uh, who, who are you allowing or what are you allowing to diminish what God's already promised you in his word what he's already said to you because you won't believe him but you will believe the who God said I'm going to do it yeah but God I, I can't, you know Lord we don't have enough money we don't have the right people the right connections we got to bring the right people in all of that there is no who outside of you that can stop God's plan. And I ain't trying to take away anything that the guy, Mr. Who was it? The cat in the hat guy? Dr. Seuss wrote, but it kind of sounds that way. Today, God's challenging our faith to believe that He is He's an unstoppable force that is with you. Your position with God is stronger than the opposition against you. You've got to believe by faith that it is God. So, Pastor, you're just setting us up for a failure in 2020 because we're going to do the same thing. No, we're not. When the Apostle Paul was writing these verses, he was saying in himself, You know, my life, I have been hungry. Read up above it. When you get time, you ain't got to do it now. I've been hungry. You remember the stripes and the scourging that Jesus took? The beating that Jesus took? Paul took it many times now you, some of you say you're not calling uh, uh, comparing Paul to Jesus I'm telling you that the scourging that Paul had or that Jesus had Paul had had it many times he said I've been beaten and he tells how many times I've been shipwrecked on the islands that I thought I was going to die I've been threatened even left for dead but he would write in these words some encouraging words while he was chained in a prison saying to everybody else you just got to keep in mind who's with you you got to keep in mind who is for you you got to keep in mind that this is not your own and it's not on your own. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Romans 8, 37. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything created shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Amen you miss this, you're going to miss the best part. The moment you give up, Angel, if you would come, the moment you give up everything, a thought of retreat or surrender, the moment that you do that. You become unstoppable. In other words, I'm not going to retreat. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. God's promised me a miracle, and I have to believe God, even when the who in my life is saying it won't come to pass. I want Angela to share her story with you for just a minute.
1: Show me I knew it had to be done. So, in all of this, she lost her battle with cancer, and on September 21st, we buried her, and nine days later, I had surgery. So, in my recovery, I'm thinking the worst is done. We are ready to close the chapter on this and move forward. So, I go for my two. Thank Hang with me, because God's about to show up big time in my life. So the Sunday before I go for my test, Pastor Matthew preached the message on Jericho. Never in my life have I had such confirmation that God had this and he had me. We pulled up to the hospital that day for the test, and Sammy's pulling into the parking spot. I wish I knew when this mountain in my way is going to move. I hope it's okay to tell the truth. Sometimes the doubt starts to win. Yeah, I'd be lying if I told you I was anything but weak. Right now, my struggle is all I see. But I'm not giving in. My story will not end in defeat because nothing can stop an unstoppable God. He's not afraid of impossible odds. This is the promise. Go into the doctor's office for the results, and on the wall is Hebrews 11:1. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Again, confirmation. Well, the doctor tells us the results aren't in, so we're going over what he wants to do. Either way, I'm facing six weeks of radiation and chemotherapy. Not what we wanted to hear, and as we're leaving the office. No weapon. put my RA into remission. Yeah, right? So, now I'm thinking of the lyrics to I'm going to see a victory. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for i
0: So I know this rhetorical question, before I ask it, she's stepping down. You could be seated for just a moment. Ask Sam and Angela if they just keep, if they thought about, well, we just can't do our, we can't give our tithe anymore because we got this stuff we're facing. Or do they say, you know what, I, I, I think we'll just trust God through this. Come on, somebody. So the question that we asked in the beginning was this. If God is for us then who And what I realized is that number 3 of this is we get ready to close this. You're the only who that can stop you. You remember and we're getting ready to close, You remember that game show and this just came to me while I was getting this together. You remember those game store show and I think it maybe even come back on. It's called to tell the truth. It's like TTT or something like to tell the truth. It's old. And what would happen is they would bring out these contestants, four of them, or, or they would bring out three of them, and they would stand before you and they would try to convince four celebrity judges of their story and they would tell the story in a convincing way. Two of the contestants are allowed to lie while the central contestant or the one – is able to tell. He's got to tell the truth about who he is, but they're trying to be convincing, and it's up to the judges to determine who the imposter is. At the end of the day, they would say, basically, you know, would the real Tony Winkler stand up? Here's the point of all of this. This message is not talking about anyone else who can stop you, but you. Our response is, has to be and needs to be, yes, you can't stop me. I am unstoppable. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, it's us that need to come to reality with who we are. The real you needs to stand up. Why? Because it's the real you in me that sometimes feels left out. It's the real you that feels insecure. change shirts or outfits three times before you came to church because you were afraid somebody would look at you. It's the real you that gets discouraged and God's asking for the real you to step forward because the faking it until you make it ain't going to work. It's the real you that's still dealing with things. You're trying to get past it. Every one of you today, we had the time you'd hear me say something that you won't hear many preachers say and that's take out your cell phone. Put it in selfie mode. I just happened to man? And start prophesying to yourself about what God has already said. Hey, you, the real you, you need to get up. You need to get after it. You don't need to be discouraged. You don't need to be, you're, you're going to make it. No, you're not going to stop me. God is for me. And if we don't, because the biggest thing that we're dealing with and what's stopping us from doing what God wants us to do is us. Proverbs 27 19. They're going to start some music for me. It says this. As a face reflected in the world, so the heart. Last week or last year, and you—you you know, you know about the stuff that's going on in your life. But if you will let God in, if you will let God in, He can heal that relationship. He can touch that.